here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome back into the nine round, everybody. Pat and Rudy here with you for your week five waiver wire and start sits. We were looking through the, the roster percentages for the start sits, and there's a couple of guys on here that we've talked about before. There's a couple of new guys that we want to bring up for you as well. And then there's some injury uh, situations that are going to force some guys into some playing time that may be a good pickup for you. So we're going to hit those for you as well. Both of us a little... Uh, a little disappointed in the, the way the uh, the Eagles game finished yesterday. The, uh, yeah, man, kind of to be expected a little bit. I mean, the offense looked pretty solid. I, I mean, they do have they, they, the penalties are just ridiculous with that team. I mean, that, they had a shot to probably win the game <laughs> just based on the offense because Kansas City's defense was so bad. But yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely disappointing. Jalen Hurts looks so far so good. I mean. Yeah, had a couple bad weeks, had a couple good weeks. Technically, still, what, eight games into starting quarterback in the NFL. So good to see Devonta Smith, uh, you know, showing up to be the number one wideout that he looks like. He had a nice game yesterday. And and somebody we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, Kenny Gainwell, uh, really almost kind of taken over the backfield. I mean, they're not running the ball, but as far as catching and uh, you know, receiving work out of the backfield, it definitely looks like the offense maybe is starting to click a little bit. Yeah, that's tough though. <laughs> Plus, you get beat by Andy Reid, so he gets to rub that in your face. <laughs> yeah, Andy just wins in that stadium. That's just that's the way it goes, I guess. Yeah, crazy, crazy. All right, so let's hop right into the uh, the waiver wire here. We have a lot to get to and not much time to get to it. So we're going to breeze through a couple of these guys, like I said guys that we've already sort of given you stats for and uh, told you to pick up on previous episodes. Uh, guys like Daniel Jones, who's still only about 30% rostered in most leagues. He, uh, he had a good game in week four and uh, is now QB six on the year, which is actually better than guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford up to this point in the season. So if you are still, you know, sitting on guys like, you know, Ryan Tannehill and, Maybe Matt Ryan, you know, go out and grab a guy like Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold from Carolina, who's about 25% rostered. He's actually QB five on the year, which is just ahead of Daniel Jones. So, you know, these guys are out there. They're playing well. I know that, you know, they don't have the long-term fantasy production that, you know, you've seen from some of these other guys, but uh, they're showing that they can do it this year and they're putting up fantasy points. So uh, they're, they're worth at least throwing on your roster in, in five weeks, you know, things like that, it, you know, injuries are going to happen. So, I mean, as much as they protect the quarterback in the NFL, not many injuries to the, the quarterback position, but those things always happen. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You see a lot of guys that are being held on to in, in front of them. Like, you know, a lot of people have uh, Jameis Winston trying to ride some of the New Orleans offense, so to speak. Uh, Baker Mayfield, a lot of people have him as their starter and, and, they think, you know, that again, they don't, it's no slight on him, but he just doesn't put up those numbers where he's getting you 30, 35 points a game. I think they said Sam Darnold, some stack came out yesterday. I think he's leading the league in rushing touchdowns, like where he's tied for the league lead with five of them. So again, yeah, he's a guy, Daniel Jones is another one who's known for being a uh, fleet of foot, so to speak. 
And these guys, they're, they're putting up points. You may not like them. They're not sexy. They're not a rookie quarterback. But if the numbers are there, you just got to bite the bullet, get them on your roster. And if the matchup dictates it, start them. Yeah, absolutely. So another guy that uh, put up some points yesterday uh, with his legs as, as well as with his arm was uh, Trey Lance. He, uh, he came in in the second half in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo after uh, Garoppolo had some sort of calf injury that, that he wasn't really able to play through. And, and Lance did a really good job. He put up uh, just over 20 fantasy points in, in your standard you know, four-point passing touchdown leagues in just a half of football. So, you know, I have been holding on to Trey Lance in our league of records since I drafted him and, and I've been holding on to him because I kind of had a feeling that at some point he was going to start. And once he did, he was going to be a pretty solid fantasy option. This is the week where, you know, Garoppolo looks like he may miss at least a week, maybe a little bit more than that. So this is the week to, to go out and get Trey Lance, if you, especially if you're struggling at quarterback. He's a guy that um, if you can't get your hands on a Daniel Jones or, or a, you know, a Sam Darnold, you may even want Lance over guys like Jones and Darnold, but he's a guy that can definitely put up fantasy points in both ways, the way that, you know, we just talked about those two guys with the, with the legs and with the arm. So uh, Trey Lance is, is a, a huge pickup if he's available in your league, which he probably is because you don't have fantasy managers rostering a, uh, a backup quarterback. Like I normally don't even roster two quarterbacks, but uh, Lance is just one of those guys, I think, who has uh, the type of talent to, to be um, sort of like a, a Jalen Hurts or a Kyler Murray where he's, he's you know, really athletic and has a chance to put up some, some really good rushing numbers as well as passing. Oh, absolutely. That was the reason they drafted him. Again, Garoppolo is beyond a serviceable. I mean, I, I don't, wouldn't call him elite, but I'd say he's a, at times he can show he's a top 10 quarterback. He just can't stay healthy. Uh, I mean, the year that he stayed healthy, put up pretty good numbers, although they walked away from him a little bit in the playoffs. The Niners made the Super Bowl. And again, they've had a good defense. Uh, Lance walking into a nice situation. Look at the skilled players around him. Debo Samuel is a monster this year. He's everything they hoped that he could be. Obviously, you got Kittle. Backfield's a little bit murky, but if with Lance back there, I think it opens it up a lot more because Garoppolo isn't that threat to run. Yeah, I, I think that maybe they made the right call on this North Dakota quarterback, <laughs> definitely getting him into the fold and yeah, seeing him getting involved as quick as he can. Right now, I think a lot of teams really have to now game plan for the quarterback as opposed to just expecting somebody to maybe manage the game from week to week. So yeah, Trey Lance, pick him up and and he's probably going to be startable uh, almost right away unless you have a better option right now. Yeah. And he was being used when he wasn't the starter, you know, some of those red zone packages and stuff like that. So I can only imagine that when he does start, you're going to have to pay attention to not only the running back, but, but also the quarterback keeping the ball uh, when you get close to the goal line. And that's a, that's a huge upside, especially if you're in those leagues, like I said, that are four point passing touchdown leagues, but six point rushing touchdowns is, those extra two points every time he runs the ball in uh, is a big advantage. Another guy, uh, speaking of a little fleet of foot uh, and a young quarterback, he did get a little bit of action last year and, and looked pretty good. We're looking at Taylor Heineke. Right now in our league, uh, in NFL.com, he, before Monday night with Derek Carr and Justin Herbert, uh, he looks to be quarterback 13. So he's right there uh, around one of the top guys. He's averaging 
Uh, close to 24 points a game uh, throughout the season. I mean, he had a monster game against the Giants on that Thursday night game. Just lit up Atlanta. Again, not that that's hard, but again, he's doing what needs to be done for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, so we put up almost 34 points in our league. And we have six-point touchdowns, uh, depending on where you're at. Obviously, that number might vary, but he's looked pretty good. Last year, he kind of gave you a little taste of, of just that youth and, and something that Washington football team had been lacking was uh, consistent quarterback play. The Dwayne Haskins didn't pan out. Uh, they brought in Alex Smith, you know, and obviously he was a little long in the tooth and then brought in uh, the KG veteran Ryan Fitzpatrick in the hopes that maybe he would be a bridge to Heineke. But again, he, he definitely looks looks solid. Uh, Terry McLaurin starting to flourish a little bit. Uh, you see him and that connection happening. So, yeah, I, I think he's a quarterback that you could definitely – Probably have him on your roster. Look maybe for that bye week, especially when he has a solid matchup. Going to be playing against the Giants again. Uh, he's going to be playing against the Eagles, uh, whose secondary and, and defense has been beat up pretty bad by opposing quarterbacks throughout the season. Uh, again, the only test he may really have is Dallas uh, down the road. But, but right now, he's definitely somebody sh- should be on your radar, should be in that that mold of, of a guy to keep around for the bye weeks and whatnot. So. Yeah, he's actually um, he's he's the quarterback thirteen, like you said. But since he took over, because you know he Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, did play, you know most of that first game before he got injured. So just going from weeks, you know two, three, and four, Heineke's actually the QB seven uh, again without uh, Derek Carr and Justin Herbert. One of those or both of those guys may may overtake him, but uh, he's he's the QB seven on that in that time total total points. So. You know, again, it's it's not a sexy offense, like you said, but he uh, he's averaging 34 plus pass attempts per game. The mm-hmm. Washington defense is not what I think we all expected coming into the season. At least they haven't shown it yet. And uh, they're they're giving up some points and it looks like they stay in games. They're throwing the ball. And, you know, not only do they have good receiving options now that Curtis Samuel is back off of his injury, but you have two really good pass catching running backs. So uh, there's just a lot of weapons around. Heineke. And I think that uh, Washington, I don't necessarily know that they're going to compete for a playoff spot, but fantasy wise, they're, they're a lot of their players are putting good numbers up. So, all right, moving on to running back. First guy we're going to talk about is Damian Williams from the Chicago bears. Uh, he's probably not a guy who's on many rosters in your league. He's only about 6% rostered uh, in most fantasy leagues, but with David Montgomery going down, this week to a knee injury. Now the initial reports, they think that he's, it looks like he's avoided, you know, a major, you know, ACL tear, like a major knee injury that's going to cost him the season, but they're still not hundred percent sure what the actual extent of the damage is. So Montgomery could be out a week, two weeks. He could be out six weeks. It really just, you know, depends on how much time is going to need for him to heal. But in the meantime, Damian Williams is, is going to be the guy he's, he, he should have been the guy last year in Kansas City, but he decided to, you know, for personal reasons, opt out of that season due to um, some COVID. Uh, you know, he had a lot of players do that last year, and Williams was one of them. But yeah. he would he would have been the starting running back for that team instead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And, and who knows, he may still have played for the Chiefs had he, had he, you know, not done that. He may have had a really good year last year. He's a talented back. He's, you know, he's always been – good when given the opportunity and he's going to get a lot of opportunities in this bears offense that just has really not been able to throw the ball very well. Uh, they are a defensive minded run first team and it was proven by how well 
how good David Montgomery has been this year. So uh, I would definitely go out if you're looking for running back help, at least in the short term. Uh, Damian Williams is probably the the number one tar- target on your waiver wire. No, absolutely. Um, I, I know I had him for a week or two and then dumped him because uh, that Bears offense was looking a little shaky. But yeah, seeing the you know, the, the lead dog in that backfield may be a little banged up and may not be 100%. Um, obviously, their offense in flux with Justin Fields now taking over a quarterback, at least for the, the meantime. Uh, they're trying to make things work out there. It doesn't look good. But uh, yeah, if he's going to be able to get the volume and, and show that he can carry the ball and be a threat out of the backfield, uh, red zone targets and the like, yeah, that, some probably a no-brainer. He's going to just rank as a top 30, borderline top 25. And if he's a starter uh, and the Bears are going up against – you look at it this way. If they're going up against a bad defense, it's one thing. If they're going up against a good team and they're behind, almost like a Detroit that we talked about before – uh, they're going to get a lot of points in garbage time and stuff like that with underneath dump offs and and screens and things of that nature. Uh, and those wide receivers in Chicago do demand uh, command, I should say, the the coverage. So definitely, I think uh, Damian Williams is is a solid pickup right now. Another solid pickup uh, is Kenny Gainwell from Philadelphia. I know that we did mention him. I want to say in our week one uh, waiver wire pickups, and then sort of went away from him as far as talking about him for. The waiver wire but once again uh he looks to be you know maybe not getting the the snap share or you know the carries and targets that miles sanders is getting but he seems to be doing a lot more with them and i think that only bodes well for his playing time moving forward for whatever reason the eagles do not seem to want to get miles sanders the ball even though he's one of the best i believe one of the best players on that team physically but I mean, Gainwell, every time he touches the ball, he seems like he's really doing something with it. So he's running back 25 on the season and half PPR scoring already. So, I mean, he's a guy who, you know, you could potentially already be playing as your RB2. And like I said, moving forward, if he gets more, more touches and, and, you know, more carries in in that offense, uh, I don't see why he isn't a viable start for your team, especially again, during, you know, we got the bye weeks coming up starting in week six, and you're going to need a lot of talent on your roster to sort of navigate your way through that. And Gainwell's a guy who can who can get you through that bye period with minimal damage to your your record. A hundred percent. I watched him on my roster this week in, in our league uh, sit there and, and pick up uh, double digit points of 20 plus. And, and yeah, at the beginning of the year, uh, being a little bit local, uh, w- with an ear and an eye on the, on the birds, uh, there was a strange quote that came out of training camp when they were talking to Miles Sanders. And he said that he's actually learned a lot from Kenny Gainwell. Now this is, uh, and I think I mentioned it maybe previously, cause we touched on Miles Sanders in the beginning and I wasn't high on him coming into the season, but at the same time, for your incumbent starting running back to say that he's learning from a rookie. And I know it's sometimes just talk and, and things of that nature, but to come out and say that in public is kind of odd. I, I mean, maybe it's just complimenting him saying he's doing a good job, but something about that and seeing the, that this it's almost a, a split between the two of them and, and the Eagles really haven't been running the football the last couple of weeks. So it's all, you know, receiving work out of the backfield, catch up work again, because they've been behind, especially against Dallas, they were behind. And you just see that he just seems to be, yeah, he just seems to be more electric in that offense for what he gives you. So Kenny Gainwell, to me, is the guy. I mean, right now, uh, the big thing being that in red zone, he's got 
he's almost doubled uh, all the targets and touches and the goal to goes versus Miles Sanders. Yeah, maybe it's just because his coaching staff drafted him. Uh, again, he was highly touted and he had missed the season with, again, I believe he sat out last year with, you know, making sure COVID didn't get involved in his family and anything like that. Put up some great numbers in college and now he's starting to transition that to the pros. Another name uh, from a, a, I guess you could say a murkier backfield uh, that we're going to talk about too is J.D. McKissick. Uh, he was mentioned briefly because there were some uh, injury issues possibly with Antonio Gibson. He wasn't 100% healthy, but you're starting to see him get way more involved in that offense. I believe it was the the Giants game itself where a lot of Gibson owners, I think Pat, you're one of them, uh, watched, uh, you know, watch McKissick kind of take over, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, again, there may be some, some issues with injuries and, and things like that, but to see him kind of start to turn into the, the player that people thought he was going to be in Seattle, uh, and it never quite worked out. They just had a bunch of the same players out there uh, and Chris Carson's kind of taken that over, but to see him come out and, and really be a force to be reckoned with as far as receiving, uh, out of the backfield. And that's, again, for for PPR leagues, for running backs, that's why they are just gold because you have to draft running backs. You have to stockpile them. Um, seeing Gibson, you know, again, not being healthy kind of coming into this week and he was he had a shin issue. So it was a little bit of a game time decision. They wanted to see how he was. You know, sometimes those guys still go out and they do put up decent numbers. But uh, as far as as far as having a guy who's a 1A in an offense like that, where they're being used so heavily, to me, J.D. McKissick would have to be somebody who's got to get rostered. And again, you, you might even want to start him in one week if it looks like he's going to be the hot hand that they go with uh, in, in the Washington football team offense. Yeah, he's already the running back 30 on the season, which, uh, you know, depending on the type of league that you're in, that's a startable play at, at running yeah. back 30. You know, you're talking, uh, you know, in a 12-team league, an RB3. So, you know, he's not going to be Derrick Henry and, and you know, a guy that you're going to just set and forget every week. But he's definitely a guy, like you said, if the matchup is right, he is somebody who is useful in, in a lineup. Another guy that seems to be sort of coming around and getting a little bit more work has been Michael Carter for the New York Jets. Carter's probably more, he's more rostered in leagues than, than the other guys that we've been talking about at roughly 55%. But um, he does seem to finally be getting the, uh, the the bigger share of the work in New York. I think that as the season goes on, that you know the Jets obviously got their first win this week over Tennessee. But as the season goes on, I feel like Zach Wilson's going to become more comfortable. Michael Carter's going to become more comfortable. Um, you know, the Jets are a very young team, and getting acclimated to the NFL and and learning how to win games is going to be a big sort of step forward for them. And I think that Michael Carter is probably going to be a big part of them learning how to win games. And he's averaging 11 carries and three targets in the last three games. And he basically is the team's number one running back at this point. He's not getting all the carries, obviously, but um, I think as the season goes on, he's just going to get more and more involved. And I think grabbing him now, if he's available, is is a, a good stash yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, again, I know he was him and uh, Javante Williams were the two North Carolina running backs coming out. And a lot of people were higher on Carter thinking he would just take over. And, and a lot of people felt that the Jets were going to be, you know, a brand new team. Obviously, a lot of young players, they, they felt really uh, strong that they were going to just turn out to be solid. Zach Wilson being one of them. 
yeah, you've seen them struggle. It's they're rookies. It, it's going to be what it is. They definitely are going to be moving away from all the veteran presence on that team, as, especially if this this year is just looked at first of maybe a couple years of a rebuild to get a good offense entrenched. You have a new head coach and everything is lining up that by the end of the season, uh, they're just going to play the kids and, and make them build a chemistry together and get on the same page. So seeing a player of Michael Carter's ability, again, in an offense that if you're trailing and you're getting crushed, uh, you know, they actually put up a pretty good fight against Tennessee this weekend. You know, you're definitely going to see him start to take over as far as carries and touches and everything. The volume's going to head his way. And, you know, barring an injury, he'll be their RB1 by the end of the year. So get him on your roster, sit on him a little bit. I know they have Ty Johnson and, and some of the other names that that are out there that are rostered and they'll be involved. But unless this kid just starts fumbling the ball left and right or, or shows a lack of confidence, uh, he'll be their RB1 by the end. Another guy you might want to pick up right now is uh, just for a week or two is Samaj P. Ryan from Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Mixon at the end of that game against Jacksonville on Thursday night, sort of rolled his ankle a little bit. They, they're not calling it a high ankle sprain, which is, you know, the, the, the bad ankle sprains, but it's bad enough to where they already have him listed as doubtful for next week, even with uh, a 10 day rest period. So, you know, P Ryan's not a guy that you're going to, that you're going to roster and, and keep on your roster for the rest of the season. But if you're looking for somebody you know, you've been disappointed at the running back position and you're looking for somebody that might be able to step in and just give you a game to help you win a week. P. Ryan is, is definitely a guy that you could pick up and, you know, potentially play this week in, in lieu of Joe Mixon. Yeah, no, I, I think you're 100% with that. You look at what Joe Mixon has been with, with all the backfields that are committees or, you know, three-headed monsters, whatever you want to say. Obviously, you know, with Tennessee, everything goes through Derrick Henry. And Cincinnati has really tried to do that with Joe Mixon, and he's he's done a great job so far this year. And he's always been somebody who can take on a little wear and tear. We've seen him miss time with injuries, uh, you know, sh- getting shut down for the season with the foot injury. So, I mean, when you see somebody like that who is the the only game in town really out of the backfield, and they're they're a heavy passing offense, but to pick up uh, Perrine, how do how do you say? Right. P. Ryan, P. Ryan. <laughs> Almost sounds like I'm saying it wrong by saying it right. Just like a Chuba Hubbard, <laughs> actually Chuba Hubbard. I, I, I found out Chuba Hubbard and, and I feel horrible now. So, Oh, no, it's um, way funner the way you were saying it. I know. I, I'm, he's my guy. So Chuba, no disrespect. He, Mr. and Mrs. Hubbard, sorry, you, you named him great. Um, but yeah, P. Ryan being on that team, uh, I know he was with Washington for a minute. And, and again, they never really panned out. That was an offense that kind of stunk. But yeah, seeing him there and, and another name to keep an eye on too is Chris Evans, who was drafted uh, out of Michigan. He's getting a little bit of work. I mean, a couple passes out of the backfield. He's three catches on three targets for 40 yards. So he's averaging about 13 yards of reception. Yeah, if Mixon's murky and he's out of the out of the loop for a couple of weeks to rest the ankle and hopefully nothing else is wrong, you know, structural or otherwise. Uh, yeah, if P Ryan's in there. And Evans, they may try to go with a hot hand if one of them struggles. Obviously, P. Ryan is the number two because he's the he's the veteran presence. Uh, probably knows the playbook a little better, things like that, because he was with them last year. Uh, but then to see Evans there as well lurking in the background. If you're a Mixon owner, you might want to go that deep. But P. Ryan right now definitely is going to be the RB1 in Cincinnati and a pretty high-flying offense. So you might want to get him on your roster. And you had one guy that you wanted to uh, to mention as well before we we move on to the wide receivers talked about him briefly last week and 
I just, I have a soft spot for the guy. Again, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, I, I look at it probably for the reason that we're looking at P Ryan being the guy with, um, you know, filling in the, filling in for, uh, for Joe Mixon, but to see uh, Jeremy McNichols once again, uh, getting a little bit more involved in the offense with the Tennessee Titans. I, I mean, to me, he's a, he's an injury away from being a guy who, who just turns out to be, you know, something special possibly and get volume in, in a crazy way. Obviously that's the only way he's going to be the guy to step up uh, and get it. But right now, when you look at him and what he did, like over the weekend, he scored 16 and a half points. And that was a crazy game against the Jets. And, and again, it, it just happens to be that he's never going to be the number one guy. But I mean, he's already got a receiving touchdown. He, he's he's put up some pretty decent numbers so far in a backup role. He's a guy to me that just through the season, uh, if he's starting to get a little bit more usage and, and he's a little bit of a, a passing, you know, receiving threat out of the backfield, wouldn't hurt to have him, especially if you're a Henry owner, just to maybe have him on your roster and see uh, what he's able to do again, he's already getting red zone work. He's already been targeted there. He's already scored a touchdown. Uh, it wouldn't hurt to maybe get Jeremy McNichols uh, as your insurance policy, maybe, but uh, he's got borderline flex appeal uh, in some of your bye weeks, I think, based on the matchup. All right, moving on to wide receivers. Again, we have a few guys that we talked about before, so we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on them, but there are a few new guys that we want to mention as well. Uh, AJ Green still only 21% rostered. That that's kind of I get it. You know, he's he's kind of not been the AJ Green of old for a while, but he's on a new offense. He's healthy. The Cardinals are scoring a ton of points. I, I think if AJ Green is available in your league, you need to grab him and throw him on your bench. I mean, you don't have to necessarily start the guy, although I do believe he's he is startable some weeks. Uh, another guy that we had already sort of mentioned in, in previous episodes was Tim Patrick from the Denver Broncos. I know that uh, he didn't really have a great game this week against Baltimore, but Baltimore's a pretty tough defense. And, mm. uh, you know, with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler being out, he's, he's going to see passes. He's going to see targets. Teddy Bridgewater, hopefully he'll be back from his concussion next week and we won't have to uh, sit through the, the Drew Lock. Led Denver Broncos, but they don't want to see him either. <laughs> no, I trust. Good Lord. But, um, you know, if, if, if Bridgewater's back out there, he's an extremely accurate quarterback. He throws the ball to Tim Patrick. So go ahead and, and grab him. And again, just throw him on your bench. No need to necessarily start him. But again, we, you know, we're talking about bye weeks coming up and you're going to want to have a lot of wide receivers and running backs on your roster for those, for those bye weeks. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you're, you're looking, you're looking at guys that that are wide receiver ones or twos. And again, if Bridgewater comes back, Tim Patrick uh, has that ability. Uh, we did talk about that for for a couple of weeks now, so he's definitely a guy. So a couple of guys that we're going to mention real quick. These are not guys that you know you should be rushing out to grab, but there's just some names to keep in mind as far as potential waiver wire pickups in the future. But uh, again, you know, sometimes you get on these guys early enough. You don't have to waste a lot of fab or burn uh, your waiver priority on certain guys. So uh, Kadarius Tony had a pretty good game this week for the giants. He's not a guy who uh, really was getting a whole lot of targets up until this week, but with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton being injured, 
you know, he, the Giants obviously needed uh, Kadarius Tony. They they targeted uh, Kenny Galladay a lot more than they had as well. So uh, depending on the injury status of Shepard and Slayton, uh, Tony's a guy that you can pick up again just as a as a spot start if necessary. He's, he's an athletic guy. He's you know he may not be the focal point of that offense, but you can you can go ahead and grab him and and hold him until uh, Shepard and Slayton get back. No, I, I think you're you're 100 on that. He was a first round pick out of Florida. A lot of people kind of laughed at it. They didn't think he had the skill set to to play right away, and he's maybe getting pressed into service. But Saquon had a nice game. I mean, it's kind of scary to think that maybe they are you know kind of panning out offensively in New York, uh, and it looks like that Tony could be a big piece to that puzzle with uh, playing out of the slot, being a being a guy maybe for some gimmick and trick plays and some jet sweeps and things like that. Again, he's got the athleticism, uh, and Florida's no slouch with turning out pros. Uh, so again, yeah, definitely want to maybe keep Kadarius Tony on your radar. Uh, and if you're, you know, if you're an owner uh, of yeah, like a Galladay or, or a Sterling Shepard, it wouldn't hurt. Again, almost it's almost like a running back's handcuff. Sometimes you want to have that guy who's going to be next man up in an offense that isn't too bad. Uh, you know, whether they're playing from behind and giving you garbage time points or just being competitive, definitely a good good name, Kadarius Tony. Another guy sticking in New York that has come back after injury from the beginning of the season and uh, strong veteran presence, always known to be a PPR darling from his days in Washington, and that has transitioned to the New York Jets. Uh, Jamison Crowder, again, a lot of you that are out there in the community know that name, and and again, you hold him in high regard. Uh, He's never going to be a top five wide receiver, but when it comes to PPR specifically, this guy makes your day, especially as a flex or, or a wide receiver too, based on volume. I mean, there's really nothing about it. For his first game back, targeted nine times, seven catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. He's obviously right back to where he is. And you saw that offense kind of gel a little bit through the game. Corey Davis had a big game. Uh, we just talked about Michael Carter getting involved. So you're maybe you're starting to see a little bit of a turn offensively for the Jets as a whole. Maybe it was getting him back as a piece. We talked about Braxton Berrios for a couple of weeks, just getting volume underneath. And obviously he's going to fade now that Jamison Crowder's back because that's his role is to just be the, the, the guy that just goes out and you need a first down, you need a big play, you need to make the chains move. Uh, he's going to be your guy. So yeah, definitely. I think Jamison Crowder, if, you, if he's out there, get him right now because he's probably going to be a, a top 25 maybe by the end of the season, just based on that volume in PPR. Yeah, another guy who is a potential pickup now before it becomes too late. Again, this is really, really speculative at this point, but Josh Gordon just re-signed. He, he was cleared to return back to the NFL, and he signed to the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad. I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you know, he again, he may not be the Josh Gordon, you know, that we remember from Cleveland, but there's no doubt that the guy is talented again he may sit on your bench and not ever crack your starting lineup but if he does become something any anything close he, you know aj green we we're just talking about him and how you know he's not the aj green of old but he's giving you enough production to to start josh gordon could do the same thing you know later on in the season it's just a matter of you know how quickly he gets acclimated to the offense and you know how how useful he can be 
No, absolutely. Uh, I know it is it is a shame to see somebody that talented that has gone through so many hard times in his personal life to get over the hump uh, in the NFL. Yeah, what he did in Cleveland those first few years, uh, people thought he was going to be like the next Randy Moss, and then just to see it kind of slip away. He's tried to make some comebacks. It, it hasn't quite worked out for him. Maybe this is where he gets right and, and realizes, you know, that he that he does have some. Something left in the tank in a dynamic offense. You got Pat Mahomes there. Uh, he could be a big piece to the puzzle if he gets acclimated to the playbook uh, and just contributes. He didn't look too bad with Seattle. Again, that's just a different offense altogether. But to see him get in there and maybe be able to contribute and, and really be on a winning team, I think maybe playing in Cleveland probably takes a lot out of you. But being in Kansas City with Andy Reid and that coaching staff and everybody, I think that's a, a pretty good way to go for him. So hopefully things look up and – Josh Gordon, yeah, maybe if you have some depth at the end of your bench, stick them on there. Wouldn't hurt to have a piece of Kansas City's offense, would it? And finally, uh, a quick name that was uh, a training camp guy that but went down. He had to get core muscle surgery, and he's just making his way back to the Baltimore Ravens roster is uh, Rashad Bateman, who was their first-round pick, and he was expected to be you know, a big contributor, looked pretty good in camp, and then went down with the injury. He's going to come into an offense that just – we all know it goes through the running game. It goes through the quarterback. Just like this week, I mean, you saw Lamar Jackson throw for 316, and he wasn't feeling quite himself. Uh, they didn't send him out to do his normal rushing uh, attack. They kind of protected him and had him throw the ball. Uh, and he was able to pick them apart. Maybe they just weren't expecting it. Hollywood Brown had a nice game. Uh, he spread the ball around very well throughout. I mean, only had the one receiving touchdown. But Again, with the way that offense goes, they just move the ball one way or the other, try to hope their defense keeps them in the game as, as much as they do, and they've done that for, for a very long time. At the end of the day, to get Rashad Bateman in there, and as long as he's healthy, it'll take him a few weeks to get caught up to game speed and you know being on the field, being active, getting out there, running routes, and, and getting a connection maybe with uh, Lamar Jackson that he had in training camp. Uh, if you have the ability to get a number one pick a young rookie wide receiver on your roster, you know, make sure you have him. Uh, Rashad Bateman isn't a bad guy to, to take a look at right now. Again, he may not contribute right away, but by the end of the season, I think they're going to really want to see what they have. So he'll start to make his, uh, make his bones out there for, for the Ravens. All right, moving on to the tight end position. First guy we're going to talk about is Dalton Schultz from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, in the last two weeks, since Schultz really kind of, you know, started to come on, He's got 15 targets, which is the same amount as Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb combined in those last two games. He's He's got 12 catches of those 15 targets for 138 yards and three touchdowns. And, you know, this isn't – I'm not trying to predict that Dalton Schultz is going to be, you know, up in the, you know, George Kittle and Darren Waller uh, range. But uh, Dallas is a, you know, a very high-powered offense. And – Teams are going to want to take away Cooper. They're going to want to take away CD Lamb. They're going to, you know, try to stop the run and uh, and Zeke and Tony Pollard. I mean, Dallas just has so many weapons that you can't stop everybody. And I don't think yeah. that Schultz is going to continue on this kind of pace. But he's a guy that if you're struggling at tight end, you know, throw him on your throw him on your roster, throw him in your lineup. And if teams are trying to take those other options away, Dalton Schultz has proved that he can absolutely deliver if given the opportunity yeah uh I, like you said there's so many moving parts and it's very hard for a coaching staff and a defense to figure out who to stop with dallas uh and they uh, gallop's still been hurt so they really haven't been to everybody 
but to see Dalton Schultz in our league, he's out on waivers. And, and I think people just don't see it, or maybe they feel like they're locked in with their tight end pick. Uh, in our league right now, before Monday night with Darren Waller playing, he's tight end three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's 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 ridiculous. And Dallas has always been, you know, Jarrah runs that organization well, but you go back and you look, you had Jay Novacek, you had Jason Witten, you've had those big names. They like the tight end position because it keeps the defense honest. Now having all the weapons that you have, and again, he's a blocking tight end, sure, but he can obviously get out there and, and make some plays. And you're starting to see that with, again, the tight end position just becoming so dynamic. Uh, and these guys are coming out of college left and right because of the established, like you had your Gonzalez and your Gronks, uh, back in the day, and now to see, yeah, you have Kittle, you have Travis Kelsey, you have Darren Waller, uh, Hawkinson in Detroit, and and Schultz looks like he has the potential just based on the volume in that offense to to finish as a top ten, possibly a top five tight end in our league. Another name from another high powered offense who may be an afterthought, or people feel that he's just touchdown dependent. I don't care if you're touchdown dependent or not. If you're, you know, and again, if you're a top five tight end. You're making plays. You're 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 doing everything you can to help somebody like me this week. Help me win. <laughs> help me win my league. Uh, Dawson Knox in, in Buffalo. Right now, he in our league again. This is pre Monday night. This is pre Darren Waller. He's he's top five tight end. He's tight end five. Uh, he's already got four touchdowns. And everybody knows how explosive the Buffalo offense is. Uh, they just obliterated the Houston Texans forty to nothing. To see him just be such a focal point in the red zone. He had been, you know, for the last year or two, they had been kind of trying to get that tight end situation figured out. There were words that they might try to get Zach Hurts from Philadelphia because there was a surplus here, but they never made that move. And he's healthy and he seems to be very much a big part of Josh Allen's playbook, uh, finding him, finding him in the red zone, all the things you want to see from a tight end. And he is making catches, uh, you know, obviously PPR and, and the like. But even if you take some of that out of the equation, the four touchdowns are also there. And I know some people get worried. Oh, you know, if he has a game where he's held out of the end zone, but he's averaging a touchdown a week. So uh, at the end of the day, they spread that ball around. There are defenses that go against Buffalo, have to be honest. Dawson Knox just seems to be the recipient of everything that you'd want for your tight end. He's getting the volume. He's getting the targets. He's getting the touches. He's in the red zone. He's doing everything he needs to do. Yeah, he's actually uh, you know one of the tops when it comes to that. So yeah, Dawson Knox. If he hasn't been picked up in your league, you know even if you have one of the top dogs at tight end, he's a borderline option to have a tight end and a flex to put in that position. Which again, that's that's a beauty if you're able to have two top fives at that position because you really take away from a lot of the other teams in your own league that maybe be scrambling or stream tight end. Another guy who had a pretty decent week and uh, last week, not as not as great this week, but Tyler Conklin. From the Minnesota Vikings, he's not that a name that everybody knows, or uh, you know, a guy that you were probably drafting highly in your in your you know drafts. But you know, a lot of people in the fantasy industry and fantasy community thought that Irv Smith was going to have a good season. They they kind of yeah. saw the writing on the wall with Minnesota, and Conklin has kind of just stepped in and and took over that situation and and done well with it. So. He's really taken advantage of, of, you know, the targets that he's receiving. He saw three red zone targets uh, last week and is currently ranked tight end 13 on the season. Again, he's not a guy that you're going to, you know, maybe start every single week, but he's a guy where, you know, if Minnesota is going to get into these, these shootout games, which it seems like 
you know, is going to happen for them in most weeks because their defense has, has sort of struggled. Conklin could be a, 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 on that Dawson Knox level where he's going to see those red zone targets. He's he's a big guy, and um, Kirk Cousins is definitely looking for him in and around the end zone. Yeah, Tyler Conklin obviously is starting to make some waves, and he is part of that offense. So obviously, if he's going to get the targets and the, and the receptions, and again, if he starts getting some decent red zone work, uh, and picking up some scores that way. I think you could definitely look to have him as a, a definitely a stream option, no matter what, but wouldn't hurt to have him as your backup because again, the bye weeks are a coming. All right, moving on to our start sits for the week. All right, so let's start at quarterback. I'll let you take the uh, take the lead on this one. Who do you got for your quarterback? Alrighty. Thank you, sir. We did talk previously uh, in this episode, just a few minutes back, talking about picking this guy up off the waiver wire. And uh, again, he he's a solid option. Right now in our league, he is the eighth-ranked quarterback, Sam Darnold. He's going to go against the Philadelphia Eagles this week. And the Eagles' defense has really looked suspect. Uh, obviously, when you go against Kansas City, you're always going to look suspect. But they've been lit up pretty hard this year. Uh, the only game where they really didn't struggle, say the Atlanta game, once they really kind of sunk their teeth into that offense that that was struggling. Uh, San Francisco, they did play decent, but by the second half, they kind of folded and really kind of gave the game away. Uh, a lot has been made of their defense over the last couple of years with Jim Schwartz. Uh, being a bend but don't break, give up yardage, give up a lot of uh, prevent concepts where, again, uh, if your team's going against them uh, in the fantasy world, yeah, it's going to just give you points. The Eagles team struggling right now. Uh, they have a new defensive coordinator. They have a lot of new people all across the defense. Uh, they just don't look healthy enough and, and strong enough right now to stop anybody and to see what Sam Darnold and that Carolina offense is doing Week after week, uh, they're not a joke. This team is really great. There's talk that McCaffrey could play this week. They'll see how he is, but I think they might even hold him back. But they didn't look horrible against Dallas. Dallas just outscored them, you know, when it all comes down to it. Sam Darnold against Philadelphia this week. If he's not on your team, pick him up. And if he's not your starter because you have a better option, that's one thing. But I think you need to get him on your roster, get him starting against the Eagles. If you're streaming, you're, you're probably drooling over this matchup. So Sam Darnold against the Eagles this week uh, is my start at quarterback. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow this week versus Green Bay. Green Bay's 14th worst defense against quarterbacks fantasy-wise. The over-under in that game is uh, 49 and a half points, which is a decent over-under. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about Joe Mixon potentially missing this game. And, you know, Cincinnati, they've been more balanced this year than they have been. But I feel like in this game against Green Bay, you know, Cincinnati's defense hasn't been great. And Green Bay's offense is starting to come around and score some points. So I feel like this is going to be one of those games where Cincinnati's going to have to throw the ball to sort of keep up with Green Bay. And uh, I think Burrow with you know, T Higgins, hopefully coming back his connection that you've already seen with Jamar chase and Tyler Boyd. He's definitely a good option. You know, I think he's going to have to throw the ball 40 plus times this week, which is, you know, the more opportunities, the more fantasy points. So I think you can start Joe Burrow pretty confidently this week to, to get you 20 plus points and uh, you know, your four point passing touchdown leagues. All right, moving on to the quarterback sits who, who do you not like this week? I hate to say it. I mean, I know we we talked about these these rookie quarterbacks, and and you're hoping this kid does turn out to be something. Right now, with the way the Chicago Bears offense is playing, 
they're pretty they're pretty tough to kind of get behind. I mean, again, if they have a good matchup, uh, uh, that's one thing. But I, I want to sit Justin Fields this week going against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, the Raiders are going to be coming off of a short week getting ready to play this Monday night. But they've already had seven sacks on the quarterback through three weeks. Uh, they'll probably add to that total again tonight. Again, it really, it's it's just a matter of that team kind of blowing them out, maybe playing a little more conservative, I think. Again, they're going to be on a shorter week. I think they're going to just try to manage the game. Uh, again, this kid just seems like he's – it's not his fault, but it, I think he's struggling. Yeah, I'm going to go with a rookie quarterback this week as well. looks like um... – Looks like Trey Lance is going to get his first start. And it's funny, we just talked about how, you know, how well he did in one half of football, fantasy points wise. But this week against Arizona, I'm a little bit worried because Arizona's a top 10 defense versus quarterbacks, fantasy point wise. And they just held Matthew Stafford to under 20 points, which that hasn't happened. You know, it was the first time that happened all season. Arizona's defense is they're getting after the quarterback. They're playing extremely well. Uh, Their offense is scoring points, which means that the other team generally has to throw the ball. And I think with Trey Lance being a rookie and, you know, I I just feel like this is going to be a really big stage for him. And it doesn't make me feel very confident in starting him. Uh, I, I do like picking him up. I do like holding him on your bench, but I think I'd rather see, uh, I'd rather see a, a decent game out of him before I'd be willing to start him, especially against a good defense like Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these kids are going to have growing pains no matter who they are. All right, let's move to running backs. Who who are you starting at running back this week? My running back start is going to be somebody who is a he's he's turning into a fantasy darling. It only took him about a decade to do it. Right now in our league, free Monday night, Corderell Patterson is the running back number two in points scored in the NFL.com league and probably pretty close to it in a lot of the other leagues. Nobody ever saw this one coming. And if you say that you did, you know, again, you're, you're probably talking about six years ago. He's been hyped for years. He's just getting so much volume as far as when he's in there. Now, he's not in there for a lot of plays. I know people are suspect on that. They think, well, they don't have him on the field all the time. But when he's out there, I mean, the, the man is just doing everything for that offense. He's made Mike Davis almost an afterthought. He just had an explosive game. I mean, he scored three touchdowns right there. That's just 18 points, even if he, if he ran it in from the one. But yeah, he had six carries for 34 yards, but he caught five receptions on six targets, 82 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, right now, he is, Corderell Patterson is the Atlanta Falcons offense. Now, eventually, they may do something to try to stop that. But when you're going up against the New York Jets, who can't stop anything, especially coming out of the running back position, to see somebody this dynamic coming in, yeah, game might be a little bit ugly one way or the other. But I, to me, Corderell Patterson's probably going to feast and get about a good 25 points and, and be involved. Uh, to me, he is the start of the week at running back against the New York Jets. Yeah, he has been killing it recently. I'm going to go with um, Daryl Henderson for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. They get Seattle this week and. Seattle is actually the third worst defense versus running backs in fantasy. The over under for that game is 53 and a half, which means that, you know, Vegas is is sort of seeing that as a shootout and Henderson's been catching passes out of the backfield. He's, he's getting most of the carries uh, when he's healthy. You know, obviously he missed uh, last week with that injury, but um, he's averaging 16 and a half fantasy points per game. And 
he's just a solid start when he is playing. And I think in a game uh, against Seattle where there's, there's definitely going to be some points on the board, he's got a good a shot as any of getting in the end zone. So I'm going to go ahead and start Daryl Henderson this week. All right. For your sit, who, uh, who are you looking at there? Some people are going to argue and, and say that I'm wrong. And I'm usually, I'm not wrong. I'm just not always right. Uh, but looking at the matchup coming up this week for this kid, I want to, unless he's, unless you have nobody else that you can put in there, I feel like you're going to have a quiet week out of Najee Harris. The Pittsburgh offense has really struggled as a whole, but uh, that's because of the quarterback and the wide receiver injuries and the offensive line being horrible. This kid really has played well uh, in spite of all that. Uh, he's doing it, you know, he's doing it rushing, he's doing it receiving. He's just like a one-man band on that team. But going up against the the Denver Broncos this week, now granted that team's got some maybe question marks around the quarterback, see how the offense does if they have to go with, you know, somebody as far as Drew Locke to, to kind of carry them. But I just see Pittsburgh struggling in this game to see this defense coming in there and really that, that offensive line is going to be just so involved in just protection. And I just don't see him doing it. Uh, I think Harris is going to have a lot of trouble. He's probably going to be used a lot in pass protection, especially, you know, as a little bit of a decoy, because right now every coach is looking at this, every D coordinator and saying, well, if we stop Harris, we stop him. So they're just going to key on him. They're, they're, you know, they're going to have seven, eight in the box, things of that nature, because nobody's scared of Ben Roethlisberger's arm. Uh, again, the wide receivers are banged up. And as long as you get some pressure in there, uh, he's seeing ghosts. But uh, to me, Najee Harris this week, I, I, I'm not going to say he's not going to be a top 20, but I, I just don't see him putting up the overall points that have pushed him to the point where right now he's, again, in NFL.com and our league, he's RB3 going into the Monday night game. So if you have no other options, obviously he's going to be your guy. I wouldn't expect him to maybe be as dominant as he's been the last couple of weeks, but I would sit Najee Harris if you have options uh, against Green Bay. Yeah, you probably don't have better options than Harris, but I can definitely see a very low scoring game uh, in that Denver Pittsburgh game. And, you know, obviously low scoring usually means low fantasy points. So uh, I definitely feel you on that one. I'm going to go, this might be a, maybe a gimme, but you know, there's still a lot of teams starting miles Gaskin and the Miami dolphins. They play Tampa Bay this week and Tampa has just completely shut down every running back that they've played so far this year. They're also scoring points on offense, uh, aside from from last night's game where New England played them pretty tough. But in games where Tampa Bay gets out and scores points, and then their interior defensive linemen are just so big and so strong and so good at stopping the run, Miami's going to have to throw the ball. Now, Gaskin is a decent pass catcher out of the backfield, so he may you know, grab a few, a few receptions in that game and, and a few yards, but... Uh, I wouldn't have the confidence to start him if he was on my fantasy team. And uh, I think that there's definitely some better options out there. You know, if Miles Gaskin is, is one of those guys that you're considering for your RB2 to your flex. All right. For your wide receiver start, where are you going there? I mean, again, looking, looking around the league, looking at some matchups, obviously this guy is pretty much tops uh, in, in most people. Uh, most people's leagues. Uh, and again, it's coming off a monster game uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. I think you have no choice but to start Terry McLaurin uh, against the New Orleans Saints. I know some people think, you know, Washington, you never know, but we, we just sung the praises of Taylor Heineke earlier. We talked about how McKissick and Gibson obviously are, are a one and a one A. It looks like they're starting to get some pieces moving around in that offense. And Terry McLaurin's been pretty solid for, for, every point in his career. 
And I think you're really starting to see him just move into that true alpha wide receiver one territory. Um, right now, again, in our league, he's top five. Uh, this is pre-Monday night. This is pre-Mike Williams, who's also having a great season. Uh, to me, Terry McLaurin is going to be that guy for that offense. Uh, Logan Thomas, who, who had been a focal point, uh, is nursing a week-to-week hamstring injury. They don't really seem to go to too many other options. I, like we talked about, you have McKissick, you have Gibson, but he's a true wide receiver one. And, and it's great to see him really break out and help to make that offense dynamic. Heineke and him have a pretty pretty great rapport right now. And again, they're um, quietly building something down there where they had been all defense for years and no offense. Uh, you're really starting to see them come around. And, and Terry McLaurin's a big piece of it uh, going against New Orleans, who right now is the 24th best or worst, however you want to look at it, uh, against wide receivers. So, yeah, the big game against Atlanta, I think, was a little bit of a coming out party. Uh, I think he's probably going to finish as top five wide receiver for the year. And I'm going to go with Marvin Jones from Jacksonville. Uh, I know that he had a pretty pedestrian week in week four against Cincinnati, but DJ Chark went out early in that game and it looks like he's going to be out for a while, possibly for the rest of the season. Yeah. Broken ankle, right? Yes. And um, Tennessee has just been terrible against wide receivers. I mean, you know, Zach Wilson (laughs) this week. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Crowder had a good game. Corey Davis had a, really good game you know they just have not been able to stop anybody tennessee's defense is literally last uh at giving up points to wide receivers fantasy wise and i think jones and chanel both are gonna you know obviously get a lot of play with with shark being out and i just don't see a scenario really where because jacksonville's defense isn't great either and Tennessee's probably going to score, especially if Julio and or AJ Brown can make it back into the lineup. So I can see uh, that sort of being a game where neither team can stop the other. And I just, I like the wide receivers. I like all the wide receivers and on both sides, but I'm going to pick Jones as my start because, uh, because he, he kind of had a bad week and I think he's going to bounce back and have a really good one this week. So. Yeah. He's going to have a better week in Jacksonville than the coach. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, and who are we sitting at wide receiver? Who are you sitting? Uh, I'm going to sit Brandon Cooks. Been pretty solid all season long. Uh, Obviously, he's one of the top wide receivers in the league based on points and fantasy, based on his volume, basically being one of the only games in town consistently for the Houston Texans. And right now, he's a top 10 wide receiver in our NFL.com league. Yeah, you're, you're going against the New England Patriots. They're pissed off coming off of tough loss Monday night football, or I'm sorry, coming off of Sunday night football. You have Bill Belichick, who uh, we spoke about before. I know I mentioned that, you know, he can make or break a quarterback. Well, especially against young rookie quarterbacks, he's always known to be that guy. Uh, You're going against Davis Mills, who has just been there. I mean, obviously that whole situation in in Houston is just crazy right now. We're we're top five quarterbacks on the bench based off of off the field issues. And and that's going to be worked out eventually some way, somehow. Davis Mills starting, throwing to Brandon Cooks. I just see it's just not going to happen this week. He's he's going to be taken out of the game. The quarterback is uh, they just they're coming off of a shutout loss to the Buffalo Bills. So they didn't even put up a point. You're looking at the top five defense against a wide receiver and you're looking at that quarterback trying to get the ball off against new england uh they're just going to sink their teeth in and brandon cooks he's going to have a bad week this week so again you have options uh he, he better better be sitting on the bench uh maybe a flex play tops but yeah i don't see brandon cooks putting up the numbers he's done so far against that new england defense 
Yeah, absolutely. Bill Belichick is, like you said uh, in one of the previous podcasts, is really good at taking away a team's number one option. And and Brandon Cooks is not just the number one option, but he seems like the only option. And he's probably going to be shadowed by Stefan Gilmore, which, you know, again, see you later. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he just does not give up fantasy points. I'm going to sit Juju Smith-Schuster. We talked a little bit about that Denver-Pittsburgh game earlier. I don't see uh, a lot of points in that game. And Juju is actually fourth on the team right now as far as target percentage, which I was a little surprised at. When Deontay Johnson is there and healthy, and he's obviously you know the target eater. Roethlisberger doesn't really throw the ball down the field very far. Um, so he, he can't, yeah, it's, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's a shame. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't get time to, even if he could, the, that right. offensive line is so bad again with the other options there. Claypool should probably be back this week. Johnson obviously takes the targets, you know, Najee Harris, you know, had that huge 19 target game. I could see him possibly getting some targets out of the backfield as well. They just throw the ball short and that's really not Juju's game. Um, so I just, I don't like him this week at all. And I, I, you know, Denver has really been stout against wide receivers or the second best team uh, versus the wide receiver in fantasy. And this game actually has the lowest over under on the week at 40 and a half points. So even Vegas doesn't expect a lot of scoring in this game. So I would sit most of my Steelers and Broncos this week, but, but definitely sit Juju this week. All right, moving on to tight end. Tight ends, uh, always my favorite position. And uh, coming off watching even the Sunday night game, you're starting to see uh, a pretty good rapport starting to come through. Uh, Mac Jones is looking like a pretty, pretty capable quarterback in this league uh, through, you know, the first couple of weeks. Again, it's early. Obviously, he's got a great coach there. And they signed a lot of people in the offseason to put around him uh, at the tight end position. Uh, whether it was going to be him or Cam Newton. Turns out it's Mac Jones throwing to uh, John Smith was an option. He's a little banged up right now. But Hunter Henry, who had had his issues with injuries before uh, with the Chargers, uh, but he signed a big free agent deal and looks pretty good so far. He's starting to get more and more involved uh, through the weeks. Uh, He had a touchdown last night, which was big uh, to get him into double-digit points. Uh, He's slowly, slowly making his way up the tight end charts on our league as far as things go, because again, it was a little bit of a dual threat and John Smith was the bigger option, uh, but he has pulled ahead this week. He's got a pretty solid matchup, as we did mention, against those Houston Texans who can't stop anything. They're 31st against the tight end position. Again, you got that team going down there that's just going to pick you apart. They, they look for the best options and, and any weak point that you have. So knowing that that's the the spot for you right now that you could just hammer on, uh, I definitely see Hunter Henry having a pretty solid week, probably hitting double-digit points. Uh, he'll be a top-10 tight end this week for you. So if you're streaming or if you're just looking for an option because your guy's in a bad matchup, uh, I think to get Hunter Henry in there is going to be a solid start for, for tight end this week against Houston. As for yours, who are you looking at, Pat? So uh... – this is the second time I'm going to the same well here. I, I, I guess I'm <laughs> one of those one of those people who likes to uh, stick with with what works. I guess uh, I'm going to go with Mike Gesicki again this week. There's certain teams that you, I said before I target Dallas a lot. Uh, I target Tampa Bay a lot because the way that these games go, they're very sort of predictable. And against Tampa Bay, you have to throw the ball. Last week, the Sunday night game against Tampa. Hunter Henry, who you just talked about, had a touchdown. Johnny Smith also also had a touchdown. The the way to 
I say beat the Bucks, but keep in games against the Bucks is to throw the ball. And uh, it's why Miles Gaskin was my sit. It's also why Mike Kosicki is my start. They're just they're third worst against the tight end. And again, with that that big over under, I just don't see how Miami can stay in this game if they're not throwing the ball. And Gasicki is getting targets from Jacoby Brissett. So it two and two in my book just you know sort of makes sense. So all right. So who do we not like at tight end? Well, I do not like Jared Cook this week. He's going to be coming on a short week going up against a great defense. Uh, They're actually number nine against the tight end, the Cleveland Browns. Again, we haven't seen Monday night shake out yet. So, you know, you don't really know 100% what's going to happen going week to week. But to me, he's been very serviceable. He's obviously in a very high-flying offense that we keep talking about, those types of games. He really hasn't put up great numbers just yet because, you know, he's still getting used to it. It's his first year with that team. But as a whole right now, probably after this week, you're going to see him as a top 10 tight end based off of stats. Uh, He is getting usage. He is getting receptions as much as possible. But Justin Herbert is probably going to look to him here and there, but you're going to have a tough time getting him involved when you need to protect uh, the quarterback or, or run block as much as they're going to have to do. And you saw how they just shut down the Cleveland Browns, just shut down Minnesota pretty hard and their tight end, who was pretty decent. We talked about Tyler Conklin just being a non-factor. I think Cook's going to get involved a lot more blocking. Uh, he's not probably going to be able to make his way out as much as he'd like to, to get anything, maybe get the touchdown near the goal line. That'd be great if he gets you six, seven points, but I would sit Jared Cook. It's going to be a tough matchup against Cleveland. Yeah, and I just talked about Juju being the fourth option. I mean, Jared Cook is is easily the fourth option on that team too. So it's one of those things where could he, you know, be the guy? Possibly, but I'd say probably not. And I'm going to sit Kyle Pitts this week. I know they're going against the Jets, and and people see that as a good matchup. But Atlanta, their offense has been mostly through their running backs. You just you know, said earlier that you are starting Cordero Patterson this week. I think Mike Davis gets back into, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that top, you know, 20 or so. I just don't see Atlanta throwing the ball a ton. Kyle Pitts is, he's been involved. He's getting the targets, but they're just, they're not converting. And that may be the, you know, the rookie thing, him, you know, still learning, you know, some of the nuances of the NFL, but the Jets are a top 12 team against the tight end. The, the over-under in that game is fairly low at 44 points, and they're just they're not giving up a ton of points to tight ends. They're only giving up about five and a half points per game uh, to the tight end position. Kyle Pitts has yet to score uh, in the NFL. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where all the numbers sort of point in the direction to say sit Pitts this week. So, so I'm going to sit Kyle Pitts. Smart move. All right, and last, let's go to the defense. Who do you like to start this week? Uh, well, you know, I've been, been riding them throughout this podcast episode, and, and I'm going to ride them all the way to the bank this week. Uh, Patriots defense against Houston, to me, it's a no-brainer. It's Belichick going against a rookie quarterback with a pretty solid defense. Again, we watched them shut down, if you want to consider it a shutdown, but but shut down a high-flying Tampa Bay offense. Uh, with with a quarterback that they were quite familiar with, I think that played into it a little bit. It was a it was a different game altogether, but to me, it's just a no brainer on, on this level that you have to. I mean, again, you're talking about a team that just got shut out forty to nothing from the Buffalo Bills, who are right now the alpha in the AFC East, 
And to see another AFC East team coming in with the pedigree of the Patriots, uh, it's all over for that team. Uh, Maybe they score uh, compared to last week, but it's not going to be a lot. Uh, They probably won't even get double-digit points. Davis Mills will be on the run. He'll be struggling. (laughs) Patriots defense could get you 20 points this week. Uh, Start them with confidence against the Houston Texans. Yeah, and I'm going to go back to another game that we had already talked about and start the Denver Broncos against Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh bottom 12 team versus defenses. They've only scored 67 points so far this season in four games, which is, you know, bottom 10 in the league. Big Ben, you know, we talked about it again earlier. He just looks like he he's he's not a capable quarterback at this point in his career, unfortunately. He's only got three passing touchdowns on the year to go with three interceptions. So as a defense, you know, if you're just as likely to give up a touchdown pass as you are to get an interception, uh, I'll take that for my defense any day of the week. So start the Denver Broncos this week against Pittsburgh. All right. And for your sit, I'm going to sit the Philadelphia Eagles uh, defense against the Carolina Panthers. Talked about it when I talked about my quarterback start. I see the Carolina offense being borderline high octane at times. The quarterback is having uh, almost an MVP season. Um, And to see them get picked apart week after week, again, Kansas City just punched them in the mouth pretty hard. Dallas embarrassed them on Monday night, and, and they just look to be in disarray on the defensive side of the ball in real NFL terms which usually translates to a a tough week for that defense. They really haven't got uh, a lot of pressure and, and, and things of that nature. I know they did get a a fumble recovered strip sack touchdown against Dallas, which, you know, it always helps you get some of those big plays like that, but but I can't see you going uh, with this team. They're going to give up a ton of points again. You know, you're going to see this, this offense from Carolina, I think just pick them apart. Uh, Maybe McCaffrey makes it back. I know there's whispers that he could be, you know, the week to week. We'll see how he feels. But McCaffrey or no McCaffrey, uh, the Eagles defense, put him on the bench. They're going to have another tough week against a very good Carolina offense. And who are you sitting this week, Pat? So speaking of the Eagles getting smoked by the Chiefs, I think the the Chiefs are going to put up some points again this week coming up against Buffalo. That game's got a 56 and a half point over under, which is the highest of the week, which again, means that Vegas expects a lot of scoring in that game. And and I sort of expect a lot of scoring in that game. Buffalo has been a top five defense this year, fantasy wise, as far as scoring your points. But I don't see that trend continuing this week against Kansas City because Kansas City is actually the second best team scoring uh, against defenses. So I just think it's going to be too much of a shootout. There may be a turnover here, a turnover there uh, by either side, but I don't think there's going to be enough turnovers. Patrick Mahomes does not take a lot of sacks. It's just a, a bad matchup for Buffalo. I'm I'm not saying to drop the Bills if you have them, because they do have some good matchups coming up, but uh, find another option this week against Kansas City. It's funny you say that. That's that's You're going to get into that now with streaming and bye weeks and, and things of that nature. Don't let Buffalo go. Now you might have to look on your roster and, and decide if you're going to keep that sixth running back or that fifth wide receiver or that second tight end or quarterback even rather than lose somebody for one week because you know somebody's going to go out there and see that team and do exactly what you thought you couldn't do and pick them up and hang on to them for a week knowing the matchups they have. Uh, and that's a big part of you know starts and sits and, and waivers and dropping people is uh, you know with, with your, your waiver claims, your fab budget, your ads – Sometimes, yeah, you have to look ahead and, and be willing to bite the bullet on a guy 
Uh, it's a coin flip call, but you, yeah, you want to have one of those guys hanging around the that you know is going to have a bad matchup one week, but he's good after that. It's it's not worth dropping a defense like Buffalo because you know that they're going to be good for probably the for the sake of maybe one game for the rest of the season. All right, so we uh, we're done for today. We're we're gonna go ahead and sign off. We do want to let you know that you know stay tuned to the podcast. Keep you know subscribe and set your reminders, set your alerts for when new podcasts drop. We are gonna try to give you guys a that trade targets podcast that we had talked about a little bit last week. We're going to attempt to do that this week. And you know, now that once the Monday night game is complete, we'll have four solid weeks of stats to look at and trends that we can sort of try to find. And we're going to try to help you out with not only some guys to look at to trade for, but guys that you can trade away and um, some, some strategies on how to get trades completed because you know, just offering one guy for one guy, uh, a lot of times doesn't really get it done. Sometimes you need to throw some extra things in there, spice it up with, you know, uh, a draft pick, or uh, if your league allows fab trading, you can add a little bit of fab in there or whatever, but we'll, we'll get into that in our trade podcast that we're going to try to get you this week. No, exactly. Um, I, I think this is really it. We're almost at the, I guess you call it the quarter pole. Okay. You have a 17th week now, but you are able to see how some of these offenses and defenses are panning out. And what we'll do uh, with the next episode and touching on trades is to look at the value of players, not only for a week to week, but for the rest of the season, possibly lining up, you know, potential playoff matchup. Hey, look, if you're four and zero right now, hats off to you, uh, you know, three and one, you're obviously going to be one of the top teams in your league. You're probably doing that right now. You're starting to take stock at who you have, you know, whether or not you have draft picks, uh, you know, where you're able to allocate uh, fab budget in a trade and different things like that. Uh, but you're probably looking down the road to see what matchups are going to be potential league winning matchups uh, when it comes to, you know, weeks, maybe 14, 15, 16, 17. If you're running the full season, uh, we'll try to get you some of those players that are, are starting to perk up a little bit and are probably that that player or two you might be away from to get you over the hump or, or just put you uh, far out enough ahead that, you know, again, you, you might be able to light the cigar a little bit earlier than, than some other people. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Scott is at Scott from Delco on Twitter. Uh, I am at the nine route one. We will talk to you next week. Keep listening. We'll keep doing it. We love you out there, folks. Have a great week and good luck in fantasy. Peace.